Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Welcome to this week's episode. I am chatting to the lovely Jasmine Hemsley this week. And Jasmine is just a font of knowledge about all things well-being, basically, but she specializes in helping people with Ayurveda. And we get into how to make Ayurveda work for you and your mental well-being, the practical things that you can be incorporating into your life. She shares about her intriguing and mysterious tongue tingler. And guys, trust me, you want one of these. And we talk about why the time of day that you do things at is super important for how you feel. So if you've been enjoying these episodes, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app in particular. And if you've got a friend who needs this podcast, could you do me a massive favour and just pass along the news about this podcast to someone? Because I am just trying to spread the word more and more about this free resource. And also, I don't know if you know, but you can get lots of freebies at my website. I've got a Confidence Affirmations MP3. If you're somebody that wants to boost their confidence in themselves and their abilities, and maybe you've been beating yourself up or maybe you've been telling yourself some negative affirmations and it's dragging you down and actually you want to change that then you can download my confidence affirmations at karmayou.com forward slash confidence so let's just get right into it let's let's chat to jasmine hemsley hope you enjoy this welcome jasmine thanks so much for joining me today how are you doing i'm very well thank you chloe i'm very well how are you yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm slightly melting today. I thought yesterday was supposed to be the hot day, but today I feel really. Like I, I feel. I mean, that's why I've got blouse on. Yesterday I was practically naked. I felt really hot yesterday, and and didn't think we could sleep um, in our bedroom because our upstairs gets so so hot. Um, but I just got rid of the duvet and took a sheet, and that's quite. I like the weight of a duvet, so it's quite big for me to sleep the sheet. But actually, I slept really, really well. <laughs> oh, good, good stuff. Um, yeah, so could you just share a bit about what you do and how you got to where you are today? I'm sure everyone does know who you are, but just no, share a bit of your story and, and what you do. I'm still finding out who I am. Um, I am, well, I guess I'm a, um, my main work is as a well-being expert and um, a, a champion of Ayurveda, the ancient philosophy of living from India. Um, I'm also a restaurateur. Um, I do a lot of consulting and um a lot of my work comes through food. That's how I kind of got into everything I'm doing in well-being, more or less. So um, I'm always sharing wonderful recipes and talking about digestion and uh, eating in the rhythms, eating with the rhythms of life, like tuning into the energies, etc. So it's a kind of a more a holistic way um, that I've ended up at because, you know, as soon as you 
look at food and food is such a wonderful way into well-being you realize that uh well-being is about so much more and you have to take this 360 view mm, yeah totally I'm, I'm really curious about how how did you get into well-being is it something that you were brought up with um, or was it something that you discovered through you know different experiences certainly didn't know of the word um until much later I guess I came I'm a half Filipino. I've got an English army dad. Um, I grew up on home cooking. Um, my, both my parents worked, so it was busy, busy, busy. But we ate home cooked food, I think, mostly because it's what we knew. And also it's the time, you know, in the eight, early 80s, apart from cereal, there wasn't that much prepackaged food. Um, and then as time went on and, you know, became about the microwave and the ready meals and the eateries popping up all over town and you no longer had to kind of pack your lunch anymore you could just pop out and buy something and um and then I went to university and suddenly you know there was no one cooking for me I had to cook for myself but kind of 11p loaves of light white bread fit the budget didn't suit my bowels at all um and and then I went on to after studying um furniture products at design at university I went on to modeling full-time for the next 10 or 10 12 years and of course, then you also become very aware of your skin, your mood, your energy levels, you know, your figure. And um, and, I, and, I, and I've been cooking since nine years old. So I kind of connected the dots between home cooking and easy to digest. Maybe I didn't call it easy to digest food then. Maybe it was more that it was just homely, soupy, stewy type of foods just felt really good for me. And the kind of much more, um, the more well-known idea of, diet food or healthy food was this kind of low fat raw no sauce kind of boring idea of, of food so I quickly kind of thought this is this is a bit strange you know the food that's not necessarily touted as healthy kind of feels better in my body and that just got me onto a whole load of of research and Ayurveda popped up a couple of times in those early years and answered you know a couple of questions actually that I couldn't find anywhere else but I still thought, oh, it's an ancient, you know, philosophy. I don't really understand half the words they're using or the, or the um, you know, it, it, it seemed very esoteric at the time. And I didn't know anybody else talking about it. And then as yoga kind of came onto the scene and I thought, oh, I like yoga. It feels a bit more, it was a bit more me than Pilates. And um, and then that I started to understand meditation. And then I started to understand this this whole different perspective for looking, for looking at life. And... Uh, myself as a what we call a vata pitta type in ayurveda that's that's quite a stimulated type um can be very in their head can be overly created overly stimulated over you know prone to anxiety and worrying the pitta side is this hot-headed wanting to get in there and do it and do it well etc oops is that okay wanted to get in yeah, there and yeah. do it well sorry we've got instagram um popping up there i don't know how to turn those notifications off i, I couldn't hear anything okay so. cool um and uh where was I so so yeah I am quite I can be quite up there and out there and I need the kapha dosha I need to concentrate on more grounding elements things that kind of bring me back down to earth and so my interest in yoga went from kind of the hard showy offy yoga to the really sitting with yourself yoga that's quite tough in a totally different way um and so yeah that's kind of been my roundabout journey where food has been such a part of it but opened up kind of this whole idea of it's not just what you eat it's when and how you eat 
and it's also how you think and you know how you start your day and how you wind down to get your night's sleep it's, everything's interconnected and interlinked and that might make it sound more complicated but actually it I find it makes it more um, intuitive and romantic and um, and Ayurveda um, as a system of health gives you so many tools to you know because you can't control everything you can't control the perfect diet or the perfect routine or the perfect you cannot control life outside of yourself you know the only constant is change and so what you need to do is learn to surf it and ride it and use kind of wisdom old wisdom and as um as tools to bring balance back for yourself yeah sounds amazing so so is ayurveda kind of a whole a whole holistic approach to health with all yes. these different factors yes. coming in it loosely translates as the science of life or the knowledge of life um i kind of call it the manual to nature and the idea of you know we live in this natural world and we are nature we are of you know the environment that we're in the environment affects us the people we hang out with affects us um it it's i think it talks about energies you know we we, we grew up with these kind of uh sayings of um oh, i had this gut feeling or i didn't like the energy in the room or oh i loved her energy we, we talk about it but we don't really think about what it is and and everything is energy everything is this vibration everything is sound and um, you can't uh, destroy it, you can't make it, it's there changing form. So what you want to do is harness it and make it work for you. So that's why waking at a certain time of the day, working at a certain time of the day, exercising at a certain time of the day, eating and sleeping at a certain time of the day can be, if you can cash in on when the environment supports that, you're getting kind of more for your money if you like. You're, making, you get, you're getting an easier ride. Can you can you give an example of that then? So you, when you say waking up at a, cer- a certain time of day, yes, what is, is there a best time of day according to Ayurveda to wake up? So the best time of day is not gonna not gonna go down well with many people is just before sunrise. <laughs> okay, so, so it's the sunrise it's, in the summer, well, like we, four a.m. Exactly. We we roughly I roughly refer to it as six a.m. Um, you know, obviously the sun doesn't rise till seven thirty in the winter. Um, it wakes, you know, goes really early in the summer. I think. I think the earliest I've woken up so far this year is five, and it was already bright, and the birds are singing. Um, you know, these are the time when the energy, the sun is coming in. It's a new day dawning. That's why the cockerel crows. That's why the animals are up, unless they're nocturnal animals. They are cashing in on that rise of energy, and um, you'll find a lot of people, um, meditators. Um, holy people if you like writers find that time of day incredible for writing um it's a brilliant time to meditate actually because i find if you have that time in the morning you know if we wake up early let's say let's not say so extreme for those kind of new to this let's talk about just waking up at five or six a.m you know hopefully before the kids wake up before your other half maybe wakes up or he, he or she is doing their own thing before the emails come in before the news before you've checked your phone for the headlines before you've woken up in that state of alarm rush shower coffee to-do list get out the door you know that's a that's not how you would wake up a newborn baby you know or or a young child but it's how we start to you know to to condition ourselves imagine waking up naturally satisfied you've had the right amount of sleep you've got hours until you're needed and you can just potter you can you can be with yourself you know after sleep is probably the most connected to ourselves we we are because the minute we step into the into our virtual world into um our life into the kitchen into the home into the streets 
suddenly the energies of the day of the people around us affect us. We want to make sure we're nice and stable from the off. We want to make sure we are us. We are, we, I am me kind of thing. Um, and then that, that you're just better equipped then to decide what energy comes into your life and what energy you want to leave your life. But if you just wake up with a rush and alarm, the stress levels are up and you're off. So many reasons for waking up early, but yes, cashing in on that time of day is, is wonderful for um, creativity, for centering, for grounding, for meditation, for doing a morning routine that sets you up, whatever that routine is. Maybe it's um, for me, it's showering and then a bit of yoga or qigong to wake up the body, just to, just to feel a bit of, connection to myself um it might be some writing it's probably the the time when I um can be a bit more proactive about my day rather than reactive to emails because nobody's on the email yet hopefully um so I can kind of write down you know what are my thoughts what do I want to achieve in this day what do I want to get done this week ah oh, what what do I want in the long term rather than wake up hit the emails and you're totally distracted by whatever other news has come in so, um, so yeah, waking up then and then exercising then as well is good. A lot of us, um, kind of what we call in the West backload the day, we eat our heaviest meal at the end of the, at the end of the day. Um, we do some of our best work. Some people say at the end of the day, because it's the first time we've got time to ourselves. And, um, we also exercise at the end of the day, which is when your body is trying to wind down for a nice sleep, you're taking it back up again. And so you might fall asleep exhausted into bed, but the mind is still on, you know, the energy is still kind of in the body. And that's why we get these interrupted nights sleep. I'm feeling like I'm going to try and get up at 5am It's the next next week. If you can go to bed at nine. I mean, if you go to bed at nine, nine till, I'm going to count, sorry, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, that's your eight hours. That's a yeah. really nice sleep. I mean, most people get six. So if you go to bed at nine, um, you can get up at, at five. You go to bed at 10, you get up at six. I, I, I'm roughly the 10, 10, um, 10 p.m. bedtime, 6 a.m. wake up. Um, but the other trick is if you had to go to bed late for whatever reason or you couldn't fall asleep and you wake up at 5, 6 a.m., meditation so they say 20 minutes of meditation is like three hours rest so if you can meditate it's a very um it's kind of an active form of rest you are going to make up for the sleep and um be processing out that stuff that you just no longer need in your body and your mind so try it try i mean honestly there's this there's this wonderful feeling of um it's like a fairy tale feeling of no one else has woken up and uh, <laughs> get so much done honestly before 9 a.m starts if, if I've got my routine and, it's, and I don't always have my routine like this by the way um you know it's it's even the nature of the work I do for example I was teaching a, a workshop last night at 8 p.m because it was in the U.S. which was there 12 um, p.m um, I finish that at nine. I finish answering questions at 9.30. I take my dogs for a walk to ground down. I come in at 10.30. I had to water my garden. I went to bed at 11, you know. So it's not always that, but then I can use meditation to catch up a bit later on. So mm. try it and tell me. It's good. It's good. It sounds good to me. I'm thinking because I'm actually naturally a, no a morning person. I don't know yeah. if there is such a thing as a natural morning yes. person, but for me, getting up at five, it's not an impossible idea but if I think about for example my sister who is 
like the opposite she'll happily I could never work past like 7 p.m I'm like mm-hmm. done with the day at that yeah. point but she gets her her energy at like 11 p.m at night she's yes. like most creative yes and for her or someone like that who's more of a night out the idea of getting up early would seem very unnatural oh, but absolutely. is that absolutely so I there are studies that, that talk about um the, the lark which is the early morning riser and the night owl which is the one that has the most energy in the day uh, from an Ayurvedic perspective, I would say it's the night owl has just, they've tipped everything on their head. So it's working for them, but might not be the most, um, it feels like the most efficient, but it's not the most efficient because what happens is we call, we talk about the elements in Ayurveda. You've got space, air, fire, water, earth. Those five elements make up everything. They make up you, Chloe. They make up me. You and I would have roughly the same ratio of those five elements compared to a tree or a table or a bowl of cornflakes. But between us, there would be difference in the ratios of, the, of those elements. Um, we, d- we, we divide those five elements into three doshas. So people might have heard of that, vata, pitta, kapha. And so I was describing earlier, I'm more vata, pitta with a bit of kapha. And therefore, I need to bring more kapha lifestyle choices and foods into my life because it's the opposite. Opposite brings balance like increases like so if I'm a vata pitta and I drink too much coffee um watch too much tv listen too much too much stuff too much hectic music I'm going to become wired anxious irritable but if I listen to soothing sounds I am grounded if I'm a very kapha person who's very grounded and loving down to earth laid back you know all those things that talk about the earth element that's in them I could do with the occasional coffee, uh, some some kind of hectic music to get me going because I'm so laid back. So you can see how the opposites um, work there. Now, because the kapha time of day is the same time of day for everybody, the pitta time of day is the same time of day for everybody and the vata, because that's just the rhythm. That's the sun and the moon. They are not, they're not waiting for anyone. That's the way that they circle. So, our, so we have um, vata, pitta, kapha come into effect twice in the 24-hour clock. And if we look at the evening... 6 p.m. is when kapha, the grounding dosha, comes in, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. And that's why at the end of the day, coming to the morning, oh, I know what, I'm going to go home, have a bit of dinner, have a bath, you know, listen to a podcast. Um, what we do is we get in, we snack, we start doing emails, we start doing Facebook. We're not particularly hungry yet because we've just snacked. So then we start making dinner at 8 p.m., and we're tired, but then we get the second wind because we've digested. And then and then about 9, 10, when we should be going to bed, we're like, oh, I'm still a bit hungry. I've got the munchies because 10 p.m. you go into the pitta time of day, which is the fire time of day. And that's why 10 till 2 a.m. you get the midnight munchies and you go to the fridge and then you get that second wind. And also because 10 p.m. if you're a parent, everyone's left you alone, hopefully, by then. So now you're like, oh, now I'm me, me time. Right. Let me get to work and get this stuff done. Let me get creative. And so all you're doing is shifting that evening creativity that if you think about it, some of the biggest, best writers of our time, you know, were these drinking night owls that frequented the pubs and the bars and came home and write, wrote about life. And they were their most creative then, but it had an impact on their health. So if you can shift it to the morning, you've still got that me time, you've still got that creativity and you can kind of take it from there. So I would suggest to anyone, just try it, just just see how it is for you. It's obviously not going to be such a smooth transition unless you're a pitta type who's very much like, oh, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, so maybe just try bringing bedtime earlier, bringing dinner earlier, bringing making dinner lighter. Um, if you can't sleep, just winding down in bed. I've got tons of techniques for that, including humming, 
waking up early um and and getting on with things then you know just just so for some people they can make that change instantly and some people need a little bit of um they need to do it slowly increment by increment incrementally can you can you, can you share what the humming is what do you mean yes. What's that? so um so I don't know if you can see behind me I've got some singing bowls Ooh, so I talked earlier about vibrations actually let me just don one of these guys so if we're all vibration, we can have vibrations that make us feel like we're in homeostasis and balance, and we have vibrations that don't feel nice on the body. For example, a car screeching, you know, a mile away or whatever. If I can pick that up, it's going to create this tension in my body, even though it's physically not touching me, you know. Um, or if you hear if nails down a blackboard or all those things that make us go, ooh, um, even if it's not you doing it or um, the honk of a horn is so disruptive. So sounds and vibrations can either resonate or they can be, you know, they can create dissonance in the body. So um, these are crystal um, uh, gemstone, precious metal bowls, um, and they've got different um, properties to them. But it's the sound of nature. So it's very soothing. Some will be more soothing for you than others um, just because of which chakra they're working on. Um, could even be, you know, just emotional baggage when you come to, I don't like the colour blue or that blue bowl reminds me of someone I don't like, you know. But if we can relax into it, it's quite a soothing tone. And soothing tones are super important. That's why we have lullabies for babies. That's why we say shh when we rock a baby the, the sound of the ocean all of these kind of have an effect on the body mm -hmm. and humming <clears throat> is something that we can all do and it's been incredible for me because if anyone's tried breath work I remember the first time I tried it I was all caught up and I couldn't do it properly and it felt quite panicky but in humming and I did this last night so I got in by the time I finished watering the garden and going to bed it was about 11 11 30 and I'm lying in bed and there's still, my brain is still working from the workshop. Oh, I didn't mention that. And oh, I didn't explain that properly. And oh, I didn't go back to that person. And what I do is I lie in bed and I start to hum. And I can't be bothered, by the way, because I'm so tired, but I know it works. So it looks like this. That's the first one, right? Because I'm still all jaggedy in the mind. My breath's all caught up. Second one feels a bit better. Let that go. And so on and so forth. So even then, I was <laughs> almost going to sleep. Yeah, here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you can feel that vibration in your head and it really helps to kind of create space between you and your thoughts. You know, that's what meditation is. It's creating space and awareness about our thoughts. It's remembering that we are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are just a toolkit to help us to understand what's going on in life but if we believe we are our thoughts we're going to get caught up in every negative thought or every overly positive thought and not see reality so the reality is you you know it's it's the it's the you that is chloe or the you that is jasmine okay we, we have names on it but um it's not this is my hand this is my mind this is my body they belong to the you 
right? And so our thoughts are our thoughts, they're not us. And so the humming kind of gives us space and it creates this beautiful feeling. So that first hum is was was a little bit, um, I played on it a little bit to show you how jaggedy and how short it was, but it also was real because I'm obviously um, speaking live with you and this is recorded and I'm a little bit self-conscious. So there was that kind of like break. And then, but my body's already like, oh, but this feels really, really nice. Okay. And then my chest relaxed. And then so the second one is a bit longer and a bit smoother. And then the third one is even longer and either smooth, even smoother. So not only that, you're regulating your breath and the mind and the breath are like two fish. So they follow each other. So if you're beginning to like tell your mind to calm down and you're asking your breath to calm down, the whole thing slows down. So it's like you can use the mind to help the breath and you can use the breath to help the mind, whichever one you pick. And the humming happens to kind of do both. So um, I just did that. And you know, the, the last one's probably before I fell asleep, we're probably like, mm-hmm. you know, and then there it is, the off button. Um, so I find that incredibly, I mean, it, it, if it looks cheesy or it feels difficult in the beginning, know that it is. And that's why we practice and it gets better and better. And then you take that kit with you everywhere. Obviously, if you're sleeping next to someone who might not like it, it can be difficult. But then the more you do it, the more it becomes a muscle memory. So even just the thought of humming, I can hear the hum in my in my head, and then I get um, I get great results from that. Amazing! I hope people are going to try this. I, I also heard once that humming, like it vibrates the vagus nerve, yes. and so that as part of what Absolutely. helps you to relax. So. Absolutely, and mm. you know this that the the um, this one blew my mind. Okay, because so so humming, you can feel the physicality of it. But when you when you think it or feel it, you think it would be much more subtle or it wouldn't work. It works even more powerfully. So that's how we realize that the mind is so powerful and, and how and our intentions are so powerful. Um, so, yeah, just even um, I think there was a study. I've quoted this a couple of times. I need to find out the study exactly. But they they trained. They took two basketball teams. They trained one physically. And they trained one mentally. And they've also done this with piano. They've taught pianists or, or people learning piano physically. But they've also taught them mentally to feel it and feel their fingers and kind of almost virtually do it. And the results are astonishing. The, the, the pianists were taught to imagine it. And the basketball players who were kind of training in their mind were as good, if not better, than those physically doing it. So you can see now that just the intention of I am fine, I am safe, I'm going to hum, I'm going to remember that hum, you know, this is, could just be words in your head because you're sleeping next to someone, you don't want to wake somebody up. They are very, very effective and they might not be immediate, but the more your body feels safer and trusts those words, the more they will work. So practice, practice, practice. It's so, so powerful. I'm so glad you mentioned that that study about how what we imagine can have a physical effect in our bodies and our, and our brains. And you mentioned Qigong earlier, and I think I've seen you on your Instagram yes. practicing Qigong. Yes. And I've, I've been doing Qigong for the last couple of years. And it's literally, I, I sometimes don't do it physically, I just do it in my mind. I yes. imagine I'm doing the movements. And I'm convinced it's helped my immune system. Like I haven't had a cough or a cold since I totally. started doing it. I um, so. in, in, in my va- I'm a va- do Vedic meditation and we're taught something called rounding, which is a, a series of yoga. We start off kind of massaging the body and the head and then we do what looks like roly-poly yoga. It's very soft. It's kind of just rolling around. And this really calms the nervous system and then we can do that before we have a meditation. And if you 
can't do it because you're on the bus going to work, we kind of think it and feel it. And, um, and by the way, meditation doesn't, uh, it doesn't take you out of this world. It makes you present in reality. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm, I'm a bit scared to do that on the bus. or I'm a bit scared to, you know, what am I going to see or find? Or No, it's, it's total. You are so centered and you are so aware of what's going on around us. It's actually, um, it's actually us being in our minds, being in the future and in the past that's more dangerous because that's not reality. We're constantly planning this thing that, yes, have plans, have intentions, have um, you know, design your life, but don't be there as if it's reality, because that's then, well, be there in reality if it's something positive, but don't be there if it's something that you're, oh God, that's going to go wrong. And this is going to go wrong because you're creating, you're literally creating that. And then if you're in the past and you're just stuck in all that baggage, it's nice to go there and to meditate sometimes when those past memories come up, those ones that you kind of cringe, curl your toes at or get angry at, let them come up be aware of them, notice them, acknowledge them, and then let them move away. No longer needed. I see you. I hear you. Thank you very much. But the more we kind of go, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And we create this hard shell. We're literally cocooning it into our body. So um, yes, the mind is super powerful. And if we get to learn how to use the mind, wow, we've got the most incredible tool. If the mind is controlling us, it ain't fun. Um, what would you say for someone who's struggling with anxiety right now? Are there certain Ayurvedic tips that you would recommend for somebody? Yes. Finding it hard to switch off or an overthinker or feeling very nervous a lot of the time. So um, thinking is uh, very much in the head. We, that's why we that's why we call the mind, even though the mind is actually something that's in the whole body. We think of it as in our head because we can feel our brain hurting. We can feel we can see the images behind our eyes even when we shut our eyes at night. So anxiety and stuff is this, we call this the vata dosha because it's, it's, it's in the mind, it's the stimulus, it's, it's that air, air running around in that space. And so what we want to do is we want to do the opposite. So we talked about pitta being the, the warmth, kapha being the cold down to earth. So the pitta, the warming, so um, keeping yourself warm when you're feeling anxious is really important, right? Going, if you're anxious and you go out into a windy, cold day, you're just, you're just tightening up the nerves, you know, you're just, you're just um, further irritating yourself. So we want to have warmth. Think about how you soothe a baby. That's what you want to do to yourself. Um, um, and we want to ground down. So keeping yourself warm and sitting on the floor, very good. Um, listening to om chanting because of the sounds and then joining in is another way to get into your humming. Um, just understanding that it is, uh, it's not, um, it's an effect of the overstimulated world that we live in, right? So meditation, and it's also part of human nature, meditation has been in use for thousands and thousands of years. So that means the human mind was going out of control back then. And that's why everything that you'll see now in self-care is about going back to the self, filling up your own cup. You cannot help others until your cup is filled. If you pour all your energy into outward projects, it's almost like you're, you're trying to gain love by helping others because you get a reward from people going oh she's so nice she did this and she helped me and she dropped everything to do that all amazing but if you're not feeding yourself too you're literally looking for other people to give you approval and to give you love and that is where it's all going to go wrong because if we rely on 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 external validation 
we're just setting ourselves up for failure. The minute we start taking care of ourselves. So when we're anxious, we have to kind of take a breath and go, right, where am I? Okay, I am safe right now. Or this is a challenge, but that's okay. Find my calm, come back to center. I can do this. I'm equipped. The human is super creative. And you just get into that calm space. Maybe think of somebody that you find very calming in your life. Someone who's got that cafe grounded energy and think, what would they do? You know, see yourself as someone... Um, as a as a as an actor in your life what would what would you say to that person that they should do because you know what as friends we've got all the information we've got all of the um advice but we just i need to hear it from other people and so so step outside and give it back to yourself um drinking warm drinks eating warm food so um again this is very grounding so soups and stews eating at the right times of the day so that your your body which in a state of anxiety is kind of a little bit discombobulated and all over the place suddenly has a lovely rhythm don't hold on to that rhythm tightly and create anxiety around that but just be like you know what it's time to stop for lunch and then be present at lunch you know you know what this is not my ideal food this is I haven't, I'm not a great cook. This is not tasty, but I have a bowl of food in front of me and I am grateful for that because so many people do not. So there is so much, oh my gosh, I'm not even covering it, but meditation, I cannot stress how important meditation is for the anxious mind because you immediately transcend the mind and come back to you. That's what the meditation is for. Um, the other thing is just know that, you know, think back in your life to the times and this sometimes this is quite funny because I, I know times when I've literally fallen apart and I can't actually remember what it was about which shows how transient life is and how it wasn't probably as big as I thought it was but if you go back to some times when you've had upset trauma emergency and just consider like you know the calm that the clarity that might have come through so often we have got the tools to deal with that situation if we are for example if uh, and I'll, I'll go to example if, if 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 a family member fell over and an elder family member was there and they were in control I'd probably be the one freaking out going oh my god there's blood oh my god, oh my god what do I do do I call the ambulance you know but if I was the elder family member I'd probably go okay calm down everybody let's do this this and this does that make sense I give this, yeah, I give this example of when um, I'm with friends crossing the road if I feel like they're even more in their head than me I suddenly become the grounded one. I grab their hand, look left and right. Okay, we cross, we carry on chatting. But if I'm with someone that I know is very down to earth, very on it, I'm like that. I just walk straight into the road, expecting them to look after me. So in the moment that it's expected of us, we rise to the challenge. And what, But what we do when we're in our thinking minds all the time and we're worrying about stepping up to the challenge is we're having fear of the fear of suffering. So we're getting this double whammy of, because you know what? suffering is inevitable in any shape or form it's just it's part of life there is life there is death there is joy there is suffering there is love and there is hatred I mean they are literally what we call the you know in, in Chinese medicine you call it yin and yang you can't have one without the other if we were all wrapped up in cotton wool and coddled and given everything that we ever wanted we'd be we'd feel ill we'd literally feel ill because we'd be numb to it and and that would not be enough we'd want the next level the next level so actually the negative grounds us sometimes in, and, and it helps us to, to come back to self. If, if everything externally was hunky-dory, we would never learn about ourself. The challenges are what um, gives us an opportunity to create, to, to get to know ourselves, to be there for ourselves and therefore 
be there for other people in the wider society. Thank you for saying that. Oh my gosh, that's really um, struck a chord with me what you said about how when there is a challenge, we often do rise to the challenge. And, and they've done studies into people with anxiety and found that something like 85% of the time, the things that we worry about end up having positive outcomes or we end up handling it better than we thought we would. Yes. And I'm hearing from lots of people now with the coronavirus um, situation that people that are quite anxious are actually surprised that they're dealing with it quite I've well. I've heard this too. I've heard yeah. this too. It's like not, not everyone, my friend but... suffers uh, quite badly from anxiety. And, um, and she said, it's really funny. It's like, I'm the one that's like, I've been worrying about this shit for the last 20 years, so now I'm fine about it. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's giving us. We, we just get the tools. We get we 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 learn the lesson. It's all of those cliched things. It's um, it's but you know, for sure, it's about the balance. So if you are very in your head and suffering from anxiety and worry take a break from the TV, take a break from the screens, take a break from hit workouts, take a break from intense music, take a break from people who have that kind of energy around them um, and, 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 and call up the friends who are more grounded, watch the TV programs that are a little bit more um, uh, soothing or listen to podcasts or music and just bring it down a level. It doesn't mean you stay there the whole time. It doesn't mean you change your personality. It means you bring balance to your personality and um and 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 you're going to just be a more energetic life be, uh light i guess love it love it slightly changing the topic mm. but i wanted to hear more about the tongue tingler i am a convert can you can you explain what this is <laughs> so it's not the love, most lovely demo but um this is something, this is kind of the first Ayurvedic physical tool I brought into my life. And um, when I learned to meditate over 10 years ago, um, my meditation teacher, Gary Goro, quickly introduced Nick and myself to this. So we were in Sydney in Australia and he pulls out this contraption. It's funny because this thing makes a lot of people go, <laughs> as if you're going to like, I don't know, <laughs> extract something from your, your brain or something. But basically, it's just a very simple device that you pass down your tongue first thing in the morning and this coating comes off right so um i mean i've i'm quite into the tongue now and i see people in the day walking around with this yellow coating on their tongue and we can imagine what a healthy tongue looks like it looks like a young child's tongue you know that pink healthy not too red not too not too swollen not too thin um obviously every single tongue is totally unique but in general there is a there is a quality about it and um, overnight, we the body is rejuvenating, restoring, making the most of the good stuff we've put into it, getting rid of the stuff that's not so, not needed anymore. And um, so there's a toxic, there's a metab metabolic waste, both emotionally and physically. And that waste looks like we and poo and sweat and um, snot, you know, mucus. And there's mucus on your tongue. So the reason we wake up in the morning, having brushed our teeth after our last meal, and maybe even flossed, with a coating and that kind of what we call bad breath is because this is the ama, the toxic metabolic waste that the body is trying to remove from the body. And why we need to shower, why we ideally are going to have a poo in the morning, and most probably are having a wee first thing. Um, and why we end up brushing our teeth. So we brush our teeth, we clean between our teeth, but we don't pull out what's on the tongue. And the tongue is massive, right? So um, as soon as you wake up, I mean, I do it on the way to the loo in the morning. I literally got that three seconds down my tongue and I pull off some stuff. Sometimes that stuff is 
a lot of stuff and I find um after a good night's sleep there tends to be a lot of stuff because the body's able to do a lot more uh, restoration if um if I've been drinking alcohol or had some very rich food and I haven't and I'd ate late so it's not digested properly there's a different kind of substance on my tongue if I'm sick it's different again um you know when I'm stressed and run down I'll get a tiny little like spot and I can see a little bit of, of, of blood there if I'm angry or there's something wrong with my liver maybe there's like a, a red tip if I'm you know inflamed my tongue will be scalloped so you'll see the teeth marks but where the tongue is kind of trying to fit into your mouth super interesting you don't need to know what everything means you just need to know oh I need a bit of love and self-care right I'm going to get start getting ready for bed at nine tonight I'm going to drink a nice glass of hot water to kind of rehydrate and flush through this ama, this met metabolic waste I'm going to have a light supper of soup tonight that's the things we can immediately do it's not about going oh you know what is that oh my gosh what does that mean most of it is that we are imbalanced from our day-to-day -day choices and we can pr quickly bring ourselves back by making the right choices the body is amazing I mean think about what we, we we do and how many processes are happening in the body at the same time it's remarkable so the you know putting ourselves on the right path the body mind body does the rest so yeah i i i we kind of branded this the tongue tingler because i thought tongue scraper sounded a bit um <laughs> scary and tongue much nicer. yeah and tongue and tongue cleaner sounds like you've got to put some kind of foam on it but um yeah i i highly recommend it, it removes like 80 90 percent of the bacteria that causes bad breath and um and it's it takes three seconds and nick and I would rather forget our toothbrush than forget to do this. And this is basically, also, this sounds weird. Um, dentists have tongue scrapers. They're usually plastic. I don't find them as effective. Um, and they're obviously, this is this will last you forever. It's um, it's a natural metal and copper is antibacterial. Um, and also, um, what was I going to say about it? I can't remember. Oh, in India, children learn to do this when they learn to brush their teeth. So it's just part of their oral hygiene kit. So, yeah. What else did you want to know about that? <laughs> tingle your tongue, tingle people. Your tongue, tingle your tongue. Tingle your tongue. Better, better out than in. Better Absolutely. off Absolutely. your tongue than going back down your throat. Yeah, you'll just end up having to digest and process it out. It's just another little extra thing your body has to do. Um, but overall, it's a lovely feeling um, once you start. By the way, if you don't find anything on your tongue, just, just A, it's usually because you left it too late. So as we wake up, start moving our mouth again, maybe sip some water, it starts being ingested. Um, or number two, you have not slept well. So if we don't sleep well, blah, blah, moving or maybe sleeping with our mouth open, where maybe we took a glass of water in the night, um, uh, sleeping with our mouth open dries out the mouth, or we just never went deep. So our body didn't get to do that process. So again, this is, this is what I love. It makes, it's an everyday check-in of how you're doing, an honest check-in, non-judgment. Love it. I'm a convert. I'm a convert. Um, is there anything, I suppose on a, on a different note again, is there anything that, that you are struggling with at the moment and how are you handling it? I've got two things. I've got guilt because I think at this time I'm seeing a real, you know, the haves and the have nots. You know, I, I feel, really feel for families who are, you know, you've got on one side, it's like this whole boredom, same day, Groundhog Day. And you've got other people who are just trying to take care of a, of a number of children, whether it's one or five in, in a small space. And you're trying to work and or you're trying to feed them or, you know, it's a lot on their plates. And I, I just feel 
I really I really have to kind of watch myself with the guilt of of myself having a garden and actually having quite an ideal situation I have to admit this lockdown actually suits me um I am not running from meeting to meeting which doesn't over exacerbate my my mental health um um and it's summer, which is so good for me because I need the warmth. I need the daylight. I find it um, very good on my mood. Um, and I've been able to grow things in my veg patch and watch, you know, watch my garden come to life. I've got my dogs, which take me to the park. But I know for other people, single parents I've spoken to who are just, you know, trapped with their teenage uh, daughter in a small, you know, driving each other crazy. Um, or other parents whose school schooling systems means that they've got worksheets and they're just they're just not inspired to do it. Whereas other schools have kind of got this whole interactive thing going on. One of my friend's sons is loving it because he loves to do his schoolwork and he doesn't have the interruptions. Um, but for others, um, they're finding it you know it's not what they love about school. They're not academically inclined and it's not bringing out their creativity. So the guilt with that is something that I have to kind of work with. And I and I've come to this place of you know what, it's not about hiding that you are thriving. It's about if you are thriving, do your meditations, be there for other people and share that love and that light. Um, the second thing that I am feeling as well is this, this, the unknown, you know, it's even though I meditate and I talk about don't, you know, be comfortable with the uncomfortable, be, be comfortable with the unknown. It's not like I've arrived at that place. This is just the things that help me. What is life going to be like after this? How is it going to impact? You know, I'm in the hospitality industry. You know, this has wiped out thousands and thousands of jobs. Um, I'm seeing some very positive things like, you know, uh, farms being connected directly to the customer of various. OK, there are middlemen, but it's like it's small holdings and farms are able to communicate their message much more directly to the consumer. Whereas before we just go to the supermarket or we just go into a thing and press whatever's on the menu and get that so there is something lovely happening there but obviously it's going to be a massive upheaval and it already has been for a lot of people so try not to lose my energy in the wrong place by worrying about the what's happening next and more what can I do to help so um yeah those are the two things that I struggle but they're also as we've talked about earlier that is where you you step up and you rise up to the challenge Mm, yeah thank you so much for sharing that I think a lot of people relate to the the kind of the guilt of you know if you are finding it okay at the moment feeling guilty or um just kind of acknowledging that people are differently experiencing Mm -hmm. you know the situation Mm. um and yeah I'm really hoping that we can I don't know rebuild the world better than it is now somehow I mean it's also given Um, a massive insight just even it's not so much a problem now but when with this whole idea of food shortages or toilet paper running out you know it's it was a massive eye-opener that this is happening around the world on a daily basis and we are pretty privileged at whatever level we are I think the most important thing is to know that in comparison to someone else you've got less and to comparison to someone else you've got more it's the, it's it's always going to be like that unless you're the very top of the chain or the very bottom of the chain there's always someone that has less and there's always someone that has more so gratitude for what you have and compassion for for wanting to share with others that's that's where we need to live it's that lovely balance again mm, such a good such a good thing to to think about 
Oh, thank you so much for everything that you shared. You're, You're such welcome. a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. I'm on a roll today, Chloe. It's lovely talking Love to it. you because I know I know what I you know. I sometimes I have to be careful about how, what how, what I say, but um, um, with you, I know that you're gonna get it and, and go for it, and I know your audience too. So, yeah, I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, where can people find out more about you and what what projects you're working on at the moment? Um, so um, I'm on at Jasmine Hemsley. I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, I do post to Facebook, but I never check it. Um, I am on my website, jasminehemsley.com, where I share um, recipes. I've, I do a newsletter once a week where I share kind of what's inspiring me and usually a recipe. And usually um, I do something called Maya Veda, which is people who are in the my who are working with Ayurveda or Ayurveda has changed their life somehow because I'm trying to show that you know Ayurveda is very comes from the same place as yoga and if you're not into yoga you might think oh Ayurveda is not going to be for me but actually it's such a vast wealth of knowledge that even using one tip or one um, idea from Ayurveda is already going to ease life for you so um, there's people there who've used it for all sorts of reasons or it's 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 and then some of them are quite unlikely as well so I hope that inspires people to look into Ayurveda because it really is the whole package it's taking life and health as the whole package, mentally, physically, spiritually. It's that's what Ayurveda is about. It's that it's that balance that's individual to you as well. And um, I'm playing sound bars every now and again. You can find them on my IGTV, and I do a workshop called Wellness Wednesday, where I speak to friends or acquaintances like yourself, Chloe. We have to get you on to just share the practicals and really get into it. And then Sunday Slow is where I usually talk about meditation, the more kind of spiritual, mental side of stuff. Um, and what we can be doing so they're just short fun um, enjoyable ways of utilizing this technology to to reach more people and more like-minded people um, and to share to share thank you so much I think yeah everything you do is wonderful thanks so much for everything thank you so much Chloe it's been amazing have a lovely time um, and enjoy oh oh, the sun is out now the sun is out we didn't get the rain (laughs) so thank you so much You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.